This message actually, I kind of got stirred. I taught on some of this on uh, Wednesday night, so some of you in my class are going to get a little bit of a repeat, but we're going to go a little bit deeper and uh, try to bring this this home in our lives, Uh, but I couldn't shake it. I I had one word that just kept going through my spirit all week uh, when I was praying, when I was worshiping. Uh, approaching the scripture, and it's the word today. Today. Someone texts me this morning. They text me almost every week, and they say, what's, what's the title of your message today? Or what are you preaching on today? And I knew I couldn't just say today because they would say they weren't able to be here. They would just say, well, yeah, yeah, today. What are you, what are you preaching on today? And uh, so I said, the title of my message, quote, is Today. And even it threw my daughter off, was back in the sound bowl. She came, Dad, I just want to confirm this. Is this the title of your message? I said, yep, you're good. It's the title of my message. So all of you are wondering the same thing. Some of you got a little bit of a heads up if you were here Wednesday night. But the title of my message is today. Amen. We're going to talk about the presence of God as an ever-present help in the time of need. Ever-present. Amen. Not just the God of the past, not just the God of the future, but the God of today. Amen? Father, speak to our hearts through your word this morning. Lord, we just invite your Holy Spirit to come. Open up hearts. Open up minds. God, soften our hearts and our, make our spirits, God, sensitive, Lord. Give us eyes to see and ears to hear what you're saying. And God, I pray that the fruit of this message, God, would bring life, would bring a greater revelation of you and just how near and how close you are. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, Hebrews 3 and verse 1. I think I told you that, right? Hebrews 3, 1. All right, therefore, holy brethren, partakers of the heavenly calling, Amen. I love the way this starts out. You got to re- to know what the therefore is there for. You kind of got to go back into the last four or five verses of chapter two. But I'll let you do that. All right. He's he's building here. He and he's talking about uh, he, in Hebrews. There's there's a lot of comparisons, and he's just got done comparis- comparing uh, Jesus with angels and 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 Moses, and and, and he's going to get into a little bit more of it here. But he says. Therefore, holy brethren, partakers of the heavenly calling. Do you know that this morning? You are partakers of a heavenly calling. Amen? This is what he said. We're part- well, I don't feel like it. Well, it doesn't change anything. You, 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 we can miss out because we don't realize things. And, and, and sometimes, how many of you know sometimes feelings follow encounters? And encounters come by faith. By seeing the word of God, standing on the word of God, and making that yours. Not being moved off it. Sometimes there's feelings and emotions that follow that. Sometimes they don't. It doesn't change the truth. Amen? He said, holy brethren, partakers of the heavenly calling, consider the apostle and high priest of our confession, Jesus Christ. Amen? That's what we need to be considering this morning. The apostle and high priest of our confession, Christ Jesus, who was faithful 
to him who appointed him. In other words, he's talking about the faithfulness of the son to the father. As Moses also was faithful in all his house. We're going to see a little bit of comparison here. I'm going to bring it up from old covenant to new covenant reality. He said, for this one has been counted worthy of more glory than Moses. Talking about the apostle and the high priest of the confession of our faith, the Lord Jesus Christ. He's counted more worthy and more glory than, than Moses. Inasmuch, this is why, he who built the house has more honor than the house. Amen. And he says, for every house is built by someone. But he who built all things is God. He's using building a, 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 building a home kind of as analogy, a word picture for us to follow along in terms of God building his kingdom. God building, shifting from old covenant reality to new covenant fulfillment between Moses, amen, and the Lord Jesus Christ, the true deliverer. He says, Moses indeed was faithful in all his house as a servant for a testimony of those things which should be spoken afterwards. In other words, Moses was a type and a shadow of a reality that Jesus would fulfill. Moses brought them out. He he was the one that God used to deliver them from bondage, Egypt. It's a type of us being delivered from sin, amen, and the wrath of God and and the world and all its effects by being born again and and translated from the kingdom of of the son of, uh, the, the kingdom of darkness to the kingdom of the son of his love, amen? When we're born again and saved and we begin to encounter God in his presence, he says, Moses was faithful of his house as a servant for a testimony of those things which would be spoken afterward. But Christ as a son, Moses a servant, Christ as a son over his own house. Now we know whose house he's talking about. He's not talking about a building that you build with two by sixes and two by fours and plywood and it, it, he's talking about his house, the place where he dwells and that's you and I. But Christ as a son over his own house, whose house we are, if we hold fast the confidence and the rejoicing of the hope firm to the end. Now, he said that we are partakers of the heavenly calling. He says we're partakers. We are are the house of God where he dwells by his Holy Spirit. He says that, that, that in order to understand this, in order to, to fully avail ourselves of this and begin to walk in the total kingdom reality of, of, of this scripture, he says, you've got to hold fast some confidence here. In other words, we're going to get tried. We're going to get tested on these. These things will be challenged in our lives. Amen? You ever had any, the enemy challenge anything in your life or people or just life itself begin to challenge the truth of God's word and what God's spoken over your life. He said, hold fast your confidence. Don't let it go. Do you know anybody that's, that's let their confidence go? That's walked away from their faith? It's heart-wrenching. People that really had encountered the Lord and, and, and walked away. He said, hold fast your uh, confidence and the rejoicing of the hope Firm to the end. I like that. Hold fast your confidence and the rejoicing of the hope. 
In other words, when, when it's attacked, when it's challenged, when it's tested, those things that God is depositing in our lives, the way that God is using us, amen? He said when, when that takes place and that's challenged, he said rejoice in hope. Rejoicing of the hope firm to the end. Strong language here. Trying to encourage us, hey, hang on. Hang on. The, 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 the best is yet to come. He's saving the best wine for last. Amen? John 2. Then in verse 7 he says, therefore, we have another therefore. He says, therefore, as the Holy Spirit says today, everybody say today. Today, if you will hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as in the rebellion in the day of the wilderness, tri- uh, in the day of trial in the wilderness, where your fathers tested me, tried me, and saw my works for 40 years. Therefore, I was angry with that generation and said, they always go astray in their heart and they have not known my way. So I swore in my wrath, they shall not enter my rest. That's, a, that's literally a quote from Psalm 95. This, this is a quote. He's bringing it forward here. Amen. And we know what he's talking about. He said, today, if you will hear his voice. Do you know you can hear and not hear? Amen. He's talking about hearing his voice. And he uses the analogy of, of the children of Israel that had come out of Egypt and he had supernaturally led for them and provided for them throughout the whole wilderness experience. He says they saw his works, starting a mighty deliverance with the, with the judgment, the ten plagues that came through Egypt and then they were preserved from them. They didn't have to encounter them and they witnessed it happening all around. Then the sea being parted and they walked across on dry land. I mean, you would think this would have some sort of impact. Amen. This just don't happen every day. And they were, they were so entrenched in, 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 in that mindset and that slavery mindset and that bondage mindset. But he says, listen, Today, if you'll hear my voice, I'm speaking something new. I'm delivering something new to you. He says, and don't harden your hearts as in the rebellion. Now he's making reference to that generation that had to die off. In the day of trial in the wilderness, they were tried. They were tested in the wilderness. At the end of Deuteronomy, he says this. You know, he, he said, you wonder why you've had to go through this, what the purpose of the wilderness was. He said, it was to try you, to test you, to see what was in your heart, if you would keep my commandments or not. In other words, there's a purpose to trials and tests that we go through. God's not going to waste them. We may not understand them when we're in them. We may not see the light at the end of the tunnel for a while, but hold fast to your confidence. Amen. He says, today, if you hear my voice. You know, it's always today when it comes to responding to what God's speaking and doing in the presence of the Lord. It's always today. You could say, but I missed it yesterday. Well, do it today. 
I didn't recognize my, well, well, Lord, I don't have time to, to, to today, to, to, but tomorrow or next week. No, no, today is the day. Amen. It's always today in God. He's the God of today. Amen. It's always appropriate today, whatever today you're in, to respond to the word of the Lord, to respond, to hear, to respond, to draw near to him, to encounter him, and, and, and watch him break through in your life and in your situation. Today, if you will hear his voice. In other words, the responding, the hearing of his voice, here's how you know if you've heard his voice. He says, don't harden your heart, as in rebellion. If your heart is soft and pliable. If, 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 you're, if you love the voice of the Lord, if you're pressing into God, amen, and it doesn't cause you to want to rebel, it doesn't want you to, cause you to want to turn your back or say, I don't have time, or put it off, amen, th- then you know you're starting to hear. If it's yes, Lord. In fact, I don't think we can say no, Lord. <laughs> it's a contradiction. He's not Lord if we can say no. Amen? He said, today if you'll hear his voice, he says, do not harden your hearts as in the, de- as in the rebellion in the day of trial in the wilderness where your fathers tested me, he said, tried me and saw my works for 40 years. God's got a lot more patience than I do. You know, I don't know if I can wait 40 years for anything. Amen. I mean, I, I hope I don't have to find out. Although 40 from now might not be bad. That gets me up over 100. Amen. He says, your fathers tested me. They tried me. They saw my works for 40 years. Therefore, I was angry with this generation and said, they always go astray in their heart. They have not known my ways. Now, they saw his works, but they didn't know his ways. You remember in Psalm 103, I've quoted it before. It says, Moses, uh, the children of Israel saw my acts, but Moses knew my ways. There's several references to this in the scripture of, of, of witnessing, being eyewitnesses and personally encountering the things of God and still not knowing God through it. Still not having that life-transforming effect where, where it launches us into more of him. Amen? He said they always go astray in their heart. You see, when we, when, we, when we continually witness the works and encounter the presence of God, but we don't know his ways, then, then certain things begin to happen in our heart. He talked about rebellion. Hearts is in the day of rebellion. And then he says, that he was angry with that generation. They go astray in their heart. Why? Because they don't know my way. We go astray when we don't know his ways. What's the difference between his works and his ways? Amen. We, we need to appreciate both. Amen. His works is the manifestation of his heart, which declares his ways. <laughs> Amen. The works are are the display. What God puts on display, he parts the Red Sea. 
He brings the plagues, brings deliverance. He supernaturally provided for them. Their clothes didn't wear out. Their feet didn't swell. There wasn't one weak, sick, or feeble among them. He supernaturally provided them manna. He supernaturally provided them water from the rock when, they, when there was no water. His presence, his abiding presence in the form of a cloud and fire was with them every day in the wilderness. They had the abiding presence of God. They were led by the presence of God. When the fire and cloud moved, they were supposed to move. I mean, they had God all around them manifesting, taking care of them supernaturally for 40 years, and they couldn't figure out that he had a promised land for them, that he had good things for them, that he wanted to bless them, that he wanted to bring them someplace in him. They didn't know his ways. He said, so I swore in my wrath, they shall not enter my rest. We're going to talk a little bit more about rest. They shall not enter my rest. I like that word rest. Amen? Pretty much any definition of it, I like the word rest. Now, <laughs> now God's, God's is more supernatural and, and more kingdom-minded, but I think it's a good thing, rest. Amen? few of you agree? Amen? Amen. Some of you need some rest. Man, <laughs> get rested up before next Sunday. Amen. This is just the beginning. Amen? He says, beware, brethren, lest there be any of you, listen to this, with an evil heart of unbelief departing from the living God. I swore in my wrath they won't enter into my rest. They saw all my works. They didn't understand my ways. I said to them, listen, today, hear my voice. Don't harden your hearts. Don't go astray in your heart. Don't rebel against what I'm speaking. Or you'll miss out on the rest of God. And he says, beware, brethren. This is an admonition to, the Hebrew, to us, to who he's writing to. Beware, brethren. See, the children of Israel had already had their chance in the wilderness. Now, there are an example and a testimony of what we're not to do in that context. We can look back on that event with 2020 vision <laughs> in the spirit. Amen. So in other words, we got to leg up to not do the same things. He says, beware, brethren, lest there be any of you with an evil heart of unbelief departing from the living God. See, that downward spiral of, of, of not responding to what we hear, producing a hardening effect, producing rebellion, and producing a, 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 a drifting away He said, you got, you got to be careful of that. Beware. Or you eventually depart from the living God. But exhort one another daily. 
He goes, now don't go down that road, that downward spiral. That's going to lead to death. Amen? He says, but exhort one another daily. We heard that. We heard, it from, we heard testimonies this morning of exhorting and prophetic speaking into lives and, and the importance that had and the significance. He said, exhort one another daily. <clears throat> Amen? While it is called what? Today. Have you ever said, well, I'll, I'll, I'll reach out tomorrow? You think of something and you're busy. You say, well, I'll just reach out tomorrow, and then tomorrow never comes. You get busy, then you forget about it. Amen? I praise God for the Holy Spirit and my wife. Because two great reminders. Neither one of them forget a thing. Amen? I'm, I'm serious. It's a blessing. It's a blessing. Honey, did you call so-and-so? Oh, no. Then I'll do it sometimes right while she's in the car with me so that the Holy Spirit and my wife know that I did follow through. <laughs> Amen? Now, you wives can't be the Holy Spirit, but you can be a help me, and you can partner with the Holy Spirit and make your husband look better. Amen? <laughs> help him. With their job, you know, go to the gate and brag on your husband, like Proverbs 31. They went there and just bragged on the husband and how, how good he was. Amen? I'm getting off again. But you, you, he said today, in other words, that sometimes we got to do things immediately. Amen? God's laying it on our heart. He's speaking into our heart. He's dropping it in our spirit for us to respond to. Or we cannot do it. We can forget. We didn't mean any harm by it, but pretty soon it gets more and more distant. What happens? We haven't responded to what we've heard. Amen? It's always, it's always today. It's always appropriate to respond when God's speaking and moving. Exhort one another while it is called today. In other words, it's the day that we're living in. It, it, some days are more than a 24-hour period. Amen? The day of the Lord. So, some days, in other words, it... it, it it's a dispensation where things are happening and going on that won't be going on in another dispensation. It's opportunities that we have now to respond to what God's doing and saying in the presence of the Lord that we may not have. Jesus said, I've got to work while it's day because the night comes when no man can work. Jesus said that. Amen? So I, I want us to broaden this concept of today. It is a time period. It's, it's a time period where God lives and dwells and where things, uh, we have opportunities to respond in that time, that day, that, that, that dispensation that we're in that we may not have other times. Amen? It can mean today, today, or it can mean Today. For we have been, verse 14, partakers of Christ if we hold the beginning of our confidence steadfast to the end. There it is again. Hold the beginning of our confidence steadfast until the end. 
while it is said, what? Today. There's three times. Today, if you will hear his voice and do not harden in your heart as in the day of rebellion. Today, this season, this dispensation that God's doing things. When we come into church Sunday morning, there, there's something when, when we begin to worship, we begin to pray, we go to Wednesday night worship, we get into the word, we go to men's meetings and women's meetings. There's, there's certain things that you can glean that you can't glean before or after. Amen. It's, it, it, that opportunity has presented itself right there. Hebrews 4 and verse 1 talks a little bit more about the rest here. He goes, therefore, since the promise remains of entering his rest, let us fear lest any of you seem to come short of it. For indeed, the gospel was preached to us as well as to them. But the word which they heard did not profit them, not being mixed with faith of those who heard it. That makes the difference whether you hear and respond and know his ways or whether you just hear and then there's no impact on our life. It's whether that word that is heard is mixed with faith. In other words, that, that saying that word is acted upon. Faith is an action word. Faith acts upon the word of the Lord. It doesn't just hear it. doesn't just quote it. doesn't just memorize it. Those are all good. But faith acts on it. Amen? Then he goes on in verse 3. He says, for, for we who have believed do enter that rest. So what is rest connected with? Faith, believing, that's right. We who believe do enter into that rest. As he said, so I swore in my wrath, they shall not enter my rest, talking about coming out of Egypt, although the works were finished from the foundation of the world. In other words, it was available for them. They just didn't do it. They didn't respond. They didn't take advantage of it. Their today never came. And again, in this place, they shall not enter my rest, since therefore it remains that some must enter in. That's the good news, folks. It's still available. Some must enter in. And those to whom it was first preached did not enter in because of disobedience, rebellion, sin, hardening of the heart, led to disobedience, amen, and a missing out of the rest that God had for them, they, their heritage, their promised land, the promises of God that are yea and amen being fulfilled in their lives, they missed out. Again, he designates a certain, what? Day. <laughs> Saying in David, what? Today. Today. Here it is again. Today, after such a long time as it's been said, today, there it is again, if you will hear his voice and do not harden your hearts, it's always today when it comes to responding to the presence of the Lord, the voice of God. For if Joshua had given them that rest, then they would not afterward have spoken of another day. There remains, therefore, a rest for the people of God. And now verse 10 is going to describe what it is. It says, For he who has entered his rest has himself also ceased from his works as God did from his. 
How many of you know you don't work for your salvation? You don't work for anything in God. Amen. We're saved by grace through faith, not of works, lest any man should boast. Well, what does James mean then, Pastor, when he says, you show me your faith without works, I'll show you my faith by my works. He's talking about faith. Responding to faith is the works, amen, that's for the believer now. It's that response of faith and believing is the work of the believer. Amen. You heard me say it's the currency of heaven. Amen. It's, 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 it's that faith. It's hearing, positioning ourselves where we hear the word of the Lord, immerse ourselves in the word of the Lord, spend time in the presence of God, worshiping God, reading his scripture. Amen. And, and, and in fellowship, exhorting one another while it's day. Amen. Exhorting one another, encouraging one another, building some, uh, everybody, e- each other up in the most holy faith so that others don't get picked off. It's not just about us. Amen. It's about him. It's about others. And he's saying, listen, when we cease from our own works, you won't wait to be lifted off your shoulders. Begin to engage the promises of God by faith, not trying to earn them, not trying to work for them. Well, God, I did this, this, and this. You ought to at least do. You will never measure up that way. Our righteousness are as filthy rags, Isaiah says. But we can have his righteousness if our faith is in the atoning work of the Lord Jesus Christ on the cross. God, I'm coming to you by no merit of my own, but by your blood. I'm coming to you by, by your sacrifice. I'm coming to you by your faithfulness, by your goodness. God, I stand before you in the throne room today righteous because you who knew no sin, you died for me who, who didn't know how to not sin. Amen. And, 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 and you, you took my place and now I am the righteousness of God in you. Amen. Ceasing from our own works means not striving and struggling to apprehend things of God, but begin to enter in by faith, by encountering him and responding to those encounters and saying, yes, Lord, and, and keep moving on with him. Little by little, line upon line, precept upon precept, transferring from faith to faith, from glory to glory. Amen? That's the process in him. I'm going to close with this. In John chapter 11, we're going to, we're going to flesh this out just a little bit. John chapter 11, New, New Testament version of it, not just the children of Israel coming out of bondage. Wonderful folks that Jesus loved. I call it the Bethany household. Mary, Martha, and Lazarus. He used to like to go there. He used to like to eat there. He used to like to fellowship with them. They were close said, so when Jesus came, he found that he had been to the tomb, he had been in the tomb four days. You remember Lazarus, he got report, uh, a report that Lazarus was sick. And Jesus said, I'm glad for your sake I'm not there. And they didn't go. Disciples couldn't figure that one out. That was, it was a teaching opportunity that, that, that they didn't know the full ramifications of yet. And so he didn't go. And so four days later, after he dies, he goes, we got to go. And they said... 
Why do we have to know now? He goes, because Lazarus is asleep. He goes, well, if he's asleep and he's sick, let's not wake him up. I mean, the rest will be good for him. Sleep will be good for him. He goes, no, he said plainly, Lazarus is dead. I'm sure that answered all the disciples' questions. <laughs> you don't want to go to him when he's alive. You don't want to let him rest. You want to wait till he dies, then go to him. See, this is a great teaching moment for the disciples. So he had been dead four days already. Now, Bethany was near Jerusalem, about two miles away. How many of you, if you were walking, would think two miles was near? Just, just saying. That's not bad, two miles. But that, I think they were in better shape than we were back then. Amen? I don't, I don't think they jumped in the Honda and got 36 miles a gallon and drove to Jerusalem. That's why I walk at least three miles a day. I got to do more than that trip to Jerusalem. No, I'm just kidding. I'm getting distracted a lot today. You guys got to pray for me. You will, you will get some meat out of this, I, I promise. It says, now many of the Jews had joined the women around, around Martha and Mary to comfort them concerning their brother. They, they were pretty popular. The, 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 the Bethany household here, Mary, Martha, and, and... Now, these were people that were probably following the Lord because Mary and Martha and Lazarus definitely were. They, they were on fire for God. And, and so these were their friends. They were their acquaintances. So I would imagine they had, they had positive outlook and inclination towards the Lord, but they needed to learn just like everybody else. And so Martha, as soon as she heard that Jesus was coming, went and met him, but Mary was sitting in the house. This is interesting because you remember Mary was the one that sat at his feet when Martha got ticked because she left her to do all the work when they invited Jesus in for a meal. But now Mary is so grieving and so grieved and, and maybe confused like, Lord, where were you? When this is going on, we sent you word that our brother was sick. Remember, they got word four days prior. You knew he was sick and you didn't come. I think Mary was wrestling with this. And Martha knows it's Jesus, runs to meet him, and, and, and she greets him with this phrase. She says, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. You're late. She didn't see it as today. She didn't see it as a, as, as a present opportunity. But she's battling to. She really is. I, I really think she's fighting the fight of faith here. Because her next... Next thing she says, Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. But even now, I know whatever you ask God, God will give you. You see the warfare going on. Lord, I got, I got to get this off my chest. You're late. We sent you word four days ago. You didn't come. I don't understand that. And, and, and I, I can't be distracted by that totally and completely now. But, but I know even, if, even now, if whatever you ask God, he'll do for you. Does this, you ever had that happen? Huh? Like every day? 
I'm just being honest. I mean, every day is a new day at the plate. We have bad. Wouldn't it it be good if you only had to battle like during a season? You know, you only had to bat during baseball season, right? No, they hit all the time because they got to be able to hit in that season. Amen. So he, he, he says that whatever you, she said, whatever you ask God, he'll give you. And Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. When she turned the corner and spoke a word of faith. See, that's where the rest is. He spoke a word of faith. She was responding in faith. She, he looks at Martha and said, your brother will rise again. He responded directly to that expression of faith. Now you're going to see the battle again because she knows her doctrine. Amen? Martha says to him, I know that he will rise again in the resurrection of the last day. That's true. She's she's not seeing the whole picture yet. She's fighting to lay hold of faith. She's fighting for the faith to to, to move the heart of God to a certain certain result, but she's battling. She's dealing with what she knows. She has to have faith for resurrection future too. Amen? And Jesus said to her, now this is where he, this is where, this is the whole point of Lazarus dying right here. Amen? Jesus said to her, I am Resurrection is an event, it's a person. It's the God, it's the God, it's the God man, the Lord Jesus Christ. He said, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, though he were, though he may die, he shall live. It's a new day. It's today. Amen. I can I can I'll resurrect in the last day, and I can resurrect today. And whoever lives and what? believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? He's challenging her faith again. He goes, you were there, Martha. You, you were coming into it. You were making, you were, you were agreeing with who I am, my nature, my character. You don't understand why I didn't come. You don't understand why I didn't respond. You don't understand why I'm late, but you know that whatever I ask, the Father will do, and you're clinging to your faith with this, and you know that I'm the resurrection, uh, uh, there'll be a resurrection on the last day, but he said, I'm telling you, I'm it. I'm the way to that resurrection. I am the truth. I'm the way. I'm the life. Amen. He goes, it's me. Whoever lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? She said to him, yes, Lord, I believe that you are the Christ, the son of God who has come into the world. Something broke, and, and, and she ignite, faith ignited in her heart, and she had a revelation of who he was. You're the Christ. This encounter, this battle of faith through with Jesus, amen, and sometimes we got to wrestle through like Jacob. we gotta, we got to wrestle until God blesses us with this revelation, amen, and, and, and she wrestled through, and she said, you are the Christ, same revelation that Peter got. You're the Christ, the son of the living God. You're the one. Now the, now the scene shifts. She got it. So Martha goes to get Mary. And in verse 32, it says, Then when Mary came to where Jesus was, he stayed outside of town. She saw him. She fell down at his feet, saying to him, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. I wonder what kind of conversation they had 
those four days. After they sent word, I'm just wondering, you know, they sent word to get Jesus. The, the one you love is sick. He's, he's really bad off. Martha, where is he? Mary's been two days. He hasn't even responded. Three days. And she, I, thought, I thought he was different than everybody else. Hold fast to your confidence. They were trying. They both had enough faith to realize that if, if he had been there, he could have healed them. But they were struggling with resurrection. Therefore, when Jesus saw her weeping and the Jews who came with her weeping, he groaned in his spirit and he was troubled. And he said, where have you laid him? And they said to him, Lord, come and see. And Jesus wept. You know what hit me about this this time? I've read this I don't know how many times. The Gospel of John is one of my favorite books. Jesus knew four days ago that Lazarus was going to die. He knew in four days he would raise him up. But he was touched with their grief. He knew the end result. I mean, he could have said, well, just hang on. It's, it's not as bad as it looks. I'll show you. We got, we got victory over death here, don't? But I think he was grieving and weeping for a couple reasons. One, the battle that they were having for faith and the unbelief that was there. But also, I don't think he liked to see the people that he loved hurting. They didn't know he was going to be resurrected yet. And, and, and they were hurting, and he entered into it. See, he was tempted and tested in all points like as we are. He feels what we feel. He felt what we feel when, when he was here. He felt those nails on the cross. He felt that crown of thorns being beaten into his head. He felt the lashes of that whip on his back. He got thirsty and sat on a well and needed a drink. He needed to eat. He, he, he felt it when he was working in the carpenter shop if he happened to hit his thumb like anybody else did. He just didn't say what we would say when we hit our thumb. <laughs> Amen? He, was, he, he experienced life to the fullness while he walked in this earth and, and he entered into their grief. He had compassion for them. And they said, see how he loved him. And some of them said, could not this man who have opened the eyes of the blind also kept this man from dying? Now you've got others who had witnessed him opening blind eyes, doing the miraculous, feeding. Maybe they were in the multitude that got fed. You don't know. This is the crowd that they hung out with. This was their... This wasn't just a bunch of unbelievers. These were people that were longing to know who Jesus was. He goes, do you suppose he could have kept him from dying? And then Jesus, again, groaning in himself, came to the tomb. It was a cave, and a stone lay against it. And Jesus said, take the stone away. 
He worked through the grief. He worked through that identity with them. Amen. But he never got pulled away to the point that he couldn't function in faith the way that the Father needed him to function to bring about the purpose that he was sent to do. Jesus said, take away the stone. Martha, the sister of him who was dead, said to him, Lord, by this time there's a stench, for he's been dead for four days. She's losing it again. This battle is real. Amen. Hold fast your confidence until the end, rejoicing in hope. He didn't even say rejoice in your faith. He said, hold fast your confidence, rejoicing in the hope. Amen. This is what she's trying to do here. Take away the stone. Lord, by now he stinks. He's been dead four days. He stinks. And Jesus said to her in verse 40, did I not say to you, if you would what? Believe, enter into my rest. Rest on this thing. It's today. This is the season. Did I not say that if you would believe, you would see the glory of God? That's the avenue to the glory of God. It always has been. And it always will be. It's our faith. Seeing him for who he is. Letting our, letting our faith act upon it. Holding fast our confidence. And the hope to the end. We're going to need to get this down, folks. This is why I'm giving, this is why the Lord laid this message on my heart. The Bible says, everything that can be shaken will be shaken. He says, strengthen those things that remain. Amen? We've got to have some things on board. Did I not say to you that if you would believe, you would see the glory of God? And then he looks to the tomb. <laughs> he says, Lazarus, in a loud voice, come forth. And I think he was shot out of that grave like he was launched out of a rocket. And he told the disciples, now go loose him. You know, there are a lot of people that are full of resurrection power that still need to be freed up. Holy Ghost is in them, but they're still bound. He told the disciples, go loose him. And there was a great celebration. In 2 Corinthians 6, 2, it says, For he says, in an acceptable time, I have heard you. It's an acceptable time. What's that acceptable time? And in the day of salvation, I have helped you. In other words, it's, it, it's an appropriate time when we can respond. In an acceptable time, I've heard you. In the day of salvation, I have helped you. Behold, now is the accepted time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. You want to know when today is? It's now. You want to know when the season's right? It's now. <laughs> you ought to know when it's the acceptable day of the Lord, when, when, when the timing's right to enter into his rest, to enter into the promises of God. 
amen, that he is, he's promised us, it's now. Today is the day of salvation. If we don't harden our hearts, as in the day of rebellion, amen, he's, he says it's today. It's appropriate to say yes, Lord, with our faith. Amen? Let's stand together this morning. Thank you, Lord. The worship ministry would come. I just had to share that. I feel better that I shared it. Hopefully, you feel better that I shared it. Amen? I, I, just, I just see right now we are in a season here. No matter, don't look at what's going on in the world. Don't look at the news, the politics, all, the, all that stuff right now. But it, as, as a church, as the people of God, we are in a season where God is just drawing near. And he's, he, he is drawing us near. And he's creating opportunities. There's, we're, we're, we're at a season where we can respond today. Where we can, where we can say, man, we are in the, the day of salvation. It's, it's appropriate now. It's available now. Whatever you need to be delivered from, whatever you need to be saved from, if you don't know the Lord, you've never given your heart to him, today is the day. Today is the day of salvation. Amen. It's always appropriate. I recommend it. Come on down front. We'll help you on into the kingdom. Amen. As we close worshiping the Lord. When is the day to get healed? When is the day to get delivered? When is the day to get your broken heart mended? Amen. Amen. You're starting to get it. Praise God. We are in the season. We, we, we can't put these things off. If it doesn't happen right when you pray, it doesn't happen just how you want it, just hold fast to your confidence. Hold it fast. Hold, hold fast to your confidence in hope. We'll let God deal with the timing on things. But it's always appropriate to respond to the truth. You let God bring the increase. You let God bring... He waited four days. That was the right time. You know, the timing was, was, was right for Lazarus to die. It would have been nice if he healed him. Amen. I think they would have celebrated. But I think something happened in their faith because God's timing was different than their timing. If you had been here, he would have, he would have, he would have, he would have been all right. He could have healed him. They had faith for that. Now they knew him as the resurrection and the life. Now they knew that today was their day. Amen? Let's close worshiping the Lord. Thank you, Lord. I, I'm not going to close in prayer this morning. I want you, amen, to pray. If, if there's specific things as we worship that God has spoke to you about during this message, whether they be challenges or whether he's, he's just kind of making a shift in our hearts and our lives back to him, amen, and, and just kind of refocusing and getting our vision back on him, realizing, hey, I, today is, it means days of opportunity. Today is the day of opportunity to respond to the Lord. I can't respond for you, amen? 
we, we need to each respond for ourselves. So we're going to close worshiping in, in that atmosphere. Amen. You just do business with God. And if you need special prayer for any reason, the altar's open after the service. We'll be glad to pray with you. Amen. God bless you. Let's worship him.